A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Whenever you're ready to start that intro, my friend. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the DNA Airways Podcast. I am Anthony, one of your hosts, and joined always uh, to my side is Tariq. How are you doing, Tariq? <laughs> How you doing? How's it going? Today? I was going to say to my right side, but then some things just don't make sense. We try to yeah. get out. It's virtual world. It's just like, hey, let's have you know, right with me. And once again, when I, is this the second time? I think it's the second time. Second time, second time. I think it is the second, second time. It definitely yeah, second, yeah, if not third, third, but I think it's only second. Um, we got Mr. Tony Mamia with us from all the way across the world. Where you at, Tony? Yeah, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you, man. Good to have you. Um, I know you've got a lot going on. We were just talking before we started that you're just slammed with interviews um, amongst other things, right? So <laughs> thanks for taking the time. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. All right, let's just get kind of let's go into it. So um want to talk through, I know last time we talked through kind of your backstory and how you came into the music industry, um, but right now you're knee deep in it. So we'll probably touch on that a little bit as we chat, but I definitely want to start off just where we are right now and um, let us know what's going on. I know your swamps. Just tell us a little bit about what's been happening uh, recently. Yeah, um, and it's just been last we spoke, and you know, the doors have, have opened up again in terms of touring shows. So yes, now right. a lot of the shows that we, we had before that were postponed or cancelled now come back into the calendar, and it's just been throwing in heaps and bounds. So now I'm flying in all these different directions. Uh, to fulfill commitments that were from like 2019, 2020. So it's a busy time, um, but it's a great time at the, at the same time, you know, because no one expected things to go the way it went and no one imagined right. that we'd be, you know, out of the loop in terms of what we do musically, touring and uh, being amongst people, yeah. you know, that we love and, and doing all the things that we do in the studio. We, we didn't think it would be that way. So, you know, now we're just in a position where, man, no, let's just touring, touring, touring. Literally, like, I got back from Italy a couple of days ago, and then I'm here for a, a bit in the studio nice. recording, and then straight to Switzerland. Um, and mm. Switzerland, from Switzerland to, um, where am I going again? But to Uzbekistan. Yeah. Um, I'm going everywhere, man. Everywhere. We're oh, going wow. everywhere. Then Amer- yeah, yeah. America, yeah. Phoenix in uh, in April. At the end of this month, nice. I'm everywhere. So, so yeah, music has been been, it's been blessed, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. You know, it'll be a real blessing to us, Tony, when you come to Toronto. You gotta let us know. That's bro. Cool. Uh, listen, no I'll, kidding. I'll definitely, yeah. I want to come to Toronto badly, badly. I got family in Toronto, it's man. Gonna happen. So I want, I want, I want to yeah, definitely come. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to happen, man. It'll just be a matter of time. So we'll, we'll be waiting for yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, congrats on touring and being all over the world and getting your music out there. Uh, after the pandemic, that's a big deal for um, artists to be able to just come back strong and have the music well-received. Yeah. You know, um, I actually want to ask you, because you were doing this before and then versus after the pandemic, have you noticed any differences just as far as like the reaction of crowds or the environment in the room? Mm. Uh, I, I think in the beginning stages, in the beginning stages, sure. When, when we first started mm. doing mm. shows, they were doing soft releases, so they would only allow a third of the capacity or half of the capacity, right? And right, um, yeah. right. what would happen then was, obviously, the social distancing situation, people wearing masks. So that was a weird experience for us. Yeah, so, yeah. And we had to have a particular yeah. distance on stage, you know, as well. So that was that was weird. And that, that was actually a part of me kind of, it was great to be back, but there was another part of me that this doesn't feel right. It was emotional, you know? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really, uh, yeah. really difficult to like to perform because we could see, you know, it's like I don't know what it's like for. I've never been in in, in the military. I know people that have been, uh, friends of mine that have, and I can mm-hmm. only imagine it's it, that feeling of it was like you came back from war, you know, and and mm-hmm. and that was the mm-hmm. kind of feeling. I saw. there was wow. a lot of relief on a lot of people's face, faces to be able to hear music again, but you could feel in the room and the atmosphere. Yeah. The feeling was. We never knew that we were, we were going to be back here again. Like we, we didn't think it was possible that we we're going to ever have music and, and go That's out because everything was shut. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. then it was like something. Wrong. It was something like out of a yeah. movie or a social experiment. And it was. Uh, it was. Really? It was. Just, yeah, it was. It was, it was um, yeah. So coming back was. It was tough, but I think later on, as as time went on, and then as other countries started to open the, their borders again, and there was some form of normality. Yeah. And lessening of the restrictions, it, it it started to get back to a good feeling again, you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, you'd mentioned in one of the uh, many spots that you're going was Uzbek. Yeah, man. <laughs> and that one. Uh, uh, well, what's the music scene well, like? That like out there? I'm, I'm genuinely you know what, curious. Bro, like, so Uzbekistan, right, is like the the kind of this is the, the home of where the original Turkish people came from. And so, so yes, yeah, yeah. It, culturally, it's, it's beautiful. What's happened now is they've now opened up their their borders to listen to international music, and to really stretch out. Ah. So they've got funding from their government to put money out and to start. You know, they've got a jazz festival, and they're putting money out now and to try and attract oh, wow. more international artists coming and visiting Uzbekistan, trading with Uzbekistan. And trying to do some festivals, so I, I went there last year, and the festival was—it was amazing. So this year they're doing it again. And really, that's myself, awesome. Myself, Take Six, Gregory Porter, um, a bunch yes. of a bunch of a bunch of love Gregory. A bunch Porter. of artists. I can't remember everyone, but a bunch of artists that are going to be performing, and um, they're just building yes. it and building it and building. It. And it's, it was amazing because there was such a an amazing atmosphere of people that had never been to this that type of concert before but they've listened to the music you know mm. and it was i never right. knew that i had fans there that singing all of my songs um and it was like you know for them it was a massive wow. a massive event for us to come to yeah. their place so yeah it was it was it was beautiful man beautiful that's amazing man. that's amazing yeah, it's a really nice place yeah. i dream of visiting such uh, exotic sounding places when they're not as well 
<laughs> yeah, one day yeah. hopefully we can get any stand. I'll take any stand. Yeah. Just any stand. stand. <laughs> it's true. You talked you talked a little bit about that transition of uh, coming back from uh, the pandemic to the crowds and the yeah those rooms are just weird. The social distancing, the mask, the whole the whole yeah. thing so strange coming back. But at the same time, we're glad to be back at it and continuing through. I'm really glad about that. Actually, um, I know I don't know if we got into this last time, but I know I've been wondering. Just wanted wanted to ask you about another transition. So basically, you spent a lot of time working with artists as a background singer, um, but you're also a solo artist, um, and a a lot more than that. But just the contrast between the two, can you kind of talk to us about how it is as far like your approach to music, and did it take any, I don't know, like any sort of mental preparation to get from uh, doing a lot of backgrounds to uh, doing their own shows, or is it all natural? Yeah, I, I think no, it's not usually the case. For most backing singers, they they work with artists and, and bands, and and I was very fortunate right. that yeah. most of the backing vocal work that I did, supporting a particular lead artist. So for me, ultimately, I knew that that's where I wanted to be, and I think I think personality is everything, right? So you mm-hmm. know, you've got yeah. a gift and you've got a talent, and that gets you in. But the reality of it is, is that it's, it's your personality that speaks more, and especially when you're dealing with a, yeah. a, a band yeah. or an artist. And there's an ego aspect to the artist and the and the band. And and you, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, backing singers are way more better than than the actual lead artist or the band. Mm. It's factual. And and yeah, so and I've, and, yeah. and I've been in places where I've had to be humble and not say a thing unless they ask me to, because I know that the lead artist may have been insecure. And if I if I sung, mm. they may have felt a bit insecure about it. And I've seen people do it, and they're showing what they can do, and then they've sung themselves out of a gig. So for mm. me, I've always been the guy that's mm. just quite in the yeah. room and just you know there to help in any way at all and encourage them and stuff yeah. like that. And, and and that really what's what helped me because in my mind I always knew that I wanted to do do that. I wanted to be a, you know upfront myself, and they're just people. Right. And I think once they the whole facade came and it was like, I'm just Tony, you're just whoever the artist is, and I'd be respectful and everything else. I think that that opened up a lot of doors, um, and it, it could kind of set me up. Yeah. But what I'm getting to is more that I then forged great friendships. With some of these um, artists, especially the ones that I was working with for quite some time, yeah. and they allowed me to be around yeah. them, and you know, not just doing the professional stuff, but outside of the music arena hanging out or meeting up mm. and being in the studio. So I was in the position of still being in the room and being able to learn, watching what they would do, how they would handle interviews, how they'd be on stage. I would turn up early at sound checks just to watch them. So that's kind of how the, 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 the kind of playground school area was for me, literally just learning everything um, I could. So the transition, yeah. the transition after a period of time was like, right, I'm ready. And that's when I got the, the gig with Incognito, that put me in a position of like, right, you know, I'm going to be singing leads as well as singing in the in the group, and um, that was mm, the transition right. where I said like, that's it, I'm, I'm not doing beat backing vocals and sense. stuff anymore. That makes good sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I want. Yeah. I, I wonder did 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 you have any um, any issues 
writing during the pandemic? I know a lot of artists that were when the pandemic hit and most people were just like, you know, I'm not really going to do much writing or any type of like music related stuff. They were just kind of just enjoying the the dead air and the dead time. Did you did you find difficulty writing oh, or were you writing and creating? I'll tell you now, the, the, I, 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 I got to the point where it, it, at first it felt like a little bit of a holiday. Like, you know, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Say, you, you're not going to work. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm self-employed anyway. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not touring. So that's the, all those are cancelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then all my other friends that were in the, just, you know, the, 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 the great kind of white-colour world was like, look, we're, we're not allowed to work. Then the government announced yeah. that there's going to be a complete lockdown. So the first few weeks, it kind of felt like, all right, well, it, was, it was cool. And there was a lot of, every, you know, people doing Zoom calls and being on Skype and talking and doing yeah. family stuff and that kind of thing and playing yeah. games and charades and all this kind of stuff was going on. Oh, but then, yeah. then, then the whole, that, that, that yeah. period started to stretch out even longer. And then we realized, hang on, this is going to mm. go on for some time. And I think that's when yeah. it was happening. Right. For me in the beginning stage, it didn't affect me straight away because there were still territories around the world that hadn't shut down and COVID hadn't hit them in that way as yet. True. So I was lucky to, to yeah. still tour in those places. And then when it got to the point of mm. all of those other places yeah. around the world got hit, it hit me. That wow, this is this is bigger than what what we thought it was going to be, and um, yeah, yeah, I got to the point where I got really frustrated because I couldn't. My agent was like, "Look, this has been cancelled or this has been postponed until later notice," um, you know. Yeah. And there was another situation as well, like when you're doing contracts and you've your contract to do a show, the, the general procedure would be that once it's contracted and you've agreed the, the terms and conditions and signed that. Mm. at least a month or six weeks before you perform, they pay 50%, right? So there was right. there was a lot of 50% yep. deposits holding into one of our holding accounts mm. that just sat there. And some mm. people, we gave their yeah. money back. And then some, it was like, well, yeah. we, we just had to keep it there and hold it until they were working out what right, they were right. doing and all this kind of stuff. There was several yeah. thousands upon thousands of, of pounds or, or spent on the hotels and... and flights mm, yeah. so we had to do all of that so i was working in another way of dealing with all of that stuff yeah. and then it got to the point of like yo right. i can't i can't stay home i can't i was, I was getting i've got to get back on the road yeah. and so i i, yeah. I, was like, I had to yeah. write yeah and so um what, what mm. happened was i spoke to, to members of my band and we were all online and it was like look we can, we can write remotely you know um so i was writing mm -hmm. stuff yeah yep. so i was home with my, my, my microphone and uh, I was using this 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 microphone that I've got here, um, and um, it was a home studio. I did some research online and had a built-in interface, plug in straight away, play straight into my, my MacBook, and I could start. And and then my other guys had um, their studios, their remote studios, so they were, we were just recording parts, talking online, and then it got to the point about real. Yeah, I love that. Send that over to me. I'd write to that. Yeah. Then I did my vocal to it, and then I sent it to my engineer who had mixed and mastered it. Um, and that's kind of how we did it. And we made a, a, an acoustic EP uh, called um, the Lo Lockdown that's Acoustic right. Sessions. Um, and that was literally what it was yes. about. And we made an EP of like seven songs um, just throughout the, the, the whole pandemic. What it's talking about the pandemic as well as some other stuff. And it was, yeah, it was a cool vibe, man. It kept us mentally sane. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> you need that outlook for sure. Yeah. I was uh, an So, yeah, it's good that you're able to do that. Um, and release a project coming out of the pandemic and now that we're fully out. We do have some new music out as well now. If you talk to us about 
that, what we have, uh, what's coming, what we have to look forward to, and yeah, that good stuff. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm I'm in the middle of um, writing a, an, another album, um, and um, mm. I'm trying to I'm trying to get it ready for the years out. I'm trying, but it's tough because I, I've got other okay. commitments in terms of touring and shows. And it's yeah. when you're doing yeah, yeah. when you're doing albums, completely different mindset to when you're doing an EP or a single. EP is like a mini album, so you yes. can you don't have to invest so much time and thought process into what the record's going to be, how is it going right. to, how they can the message are going to convey and intertwine with each other. And the single is just a single, but when you're doing an album, right. you've got to strip down everything and be in album mode and lock yourself away yeah. and go right. What am I speaking about? And they've all got to mm. marry and gel together. So I'm working on the record, but at the same time, nice. I, I may just I may just do it in two parts, uh, um, as as a, as a, as a double EP kind of thing. So I'm looking at that with my team of what's the best way of of doing it, where I could still be active and still carry on being on the road, as well as being involved in all the other projects that I'm doing. So I'm wearing different hats, yeah, so trying to just knuckle yeah. down, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad that you mentioned that actually, because you mentioned um, all the hats that you wear, but you also mentioned your team. So now I'm just a little bit curious. Um, how does it work for you? I mean, how much do you have to rely on your team or what does your team consist of? And um, how has that kind of changed over the last little while? As you um, well, yeah, so we, we just, you know what happened is in the lockdown, we had a mm -hmm. meeting and it was like, look, we're all going to have to have hybrid roles where everybody learns something different. Right. And that's just the way that the industry, the music is and the industry is moving. Everything is so yeah. much online, and if anything, the lockdown has shown that. So, you know, Amazon had their record amount of sales during the lockdown because everybody was just getting home shopping delivered and whatever else, you're right? So for us, it was yeah. like, look, we've got to start learning, and me as well, more time in terms of um, algorithms, more time in, in, in looking at how am I going to package something online? How am I going to deal more with Spotify yeah. and looking at the analytics of who's playing my music, where, yeah. the metrics... But it was that kind of stuff that was going on. My team is just my agent, her assistant. Then I've got Mike, Mike, uh, Mike who works with me, who's uh, part of my management team, who's really like my go-to guy. He's, he's, he started off working in the music industry like 15 years ago, and his main background was accountancy and bookkeeping. But since then, he's got into label management, mm, right. got into knowing about uh, um, social media aspects of stuff. And... Um, now his role is is, is hybrid in, in terms of different things that he's doing. So there's that. And then I've got a social media manager that works with me as well. And um, it seems about five or six of us. And then my band and everyone works, you know. Yes. Of course, yeah. Solid. How, um, <clears throat> how frustrating is it that you have, like, as an artist and as a creator, that you have to constantly keep those things in your mind and in your head when you just want to kind of create music, but you got to think about algorithms and social media content and all of the extracurriculars that go in with being it's, an artist. It's, these it's days. hard. Uh, that's got, it's hard. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I, I, like, like I there's a part of me that just wants to shut down and be the artist. But I think, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, but exactly, I think that yeah. being an independent artist, these are the things that comes with that territory. Like you've got to like right, very really true. want to be in this game. You've got to learn about these things and have your foot in it a little bit. I can't just leave someone 
to get on with something, I've got to kind of know about it too. So just in case things are not going the way I want it to go, or there's another idea, yeah. two heads are better Good than point. one. So it's better for me to learn about the industry that I'm in and do it. And I'm, right, I'm, there's right. still so much to learn. And, you know, I'm trying to find time yes. yeah. to do that and, and then learn more about social media, learn more about, you know, my team are always like, Tony, you're not doing enough on the social media. So now I've got to like plan like what I'm going to do each day and actually start recording yeah. content for each day and have a, a massive catalogue of supply to push out so that I can keep doing it. And that takes right. up a lot of my time. And for me, there's a part of me that's like, I can't I be can bothered imagine. to do that. You know, I just want to record yeah, these yeah. good songs. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. But, but I know that, that yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, it, the butt starts with me and ends with me. So and when I say that, I know that there's things right. that I, I could do better. And, and things where I could spend more time doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um. Do you write differently now? Just when you when you think about the modern artists these days, not too many artists are are putting out longer al- um right. albums anymore. They're more just kind of throwing yep. out EPs periodically to keep the streaming you know the streaming yep. junkies happy. But um, and I also noticed the length of each song has gone down considerably, maybe yeah. about a minute or so. Yeah. I don't know if you know or have noticed, but do you write now with a little bit of that in mind and you're not trying to write these four-minute ballads anymore and you're just trying to keep it to, you know, two and a uh, half minutes for, you know, the Spotify no, listeners I mean, and, you know, the streaming people? What, that... what I do is I'm aware of it, but I'm, I'm writing, mm-hmm. like, for the yeah. song. I'm not thinking it if it's point of view. I've got right. to get it in. Right, right. If I've got to do Good. a single... And I know that radio are going to play it and that they're going to want it at 3 minutes 15. Fine. I'll, I'll write knowing that right. I'm going to write some singles on it or we know that we can edit it down to get it to that and it still sounds like a single. But I'm never kind of like thinking I've got to right. do this because Spotify want this or the algorithms is this. It's like, no, I, I can condense it. I can edit it. Good. But the song is the song um, for it all. And, and, and right. to be honest right. with you, like, funny because like the, the, the way the industry's changed so much, it was... It started with vinyl, then went over to CD, and then went over to yeah. mini disc, yeah. and then went over to you know uh, MP3, yeah. then streaming, and now the resurgence of vinyls come back again, where there's a lot of people that want yeah. vinyl. Yeah. Yes. I do so many yes. shows where people are like they mm. bypass my CDs and the content and go, "Have you got any vinyl?" And I sell out my vinyl quick, and the lead time to get vinyl yeah. now it, it takes ages, like. I'm talking like you want to say like uh, I want to imagine. say like like maybe nine nine to twelve weeks, you know, to get no, get vinyl no, pressed. No. That's how backed up they are. But there's a lot of people now that want to go back to yeah. how it used to be of like taking the vinyl out the sleeve, looking at the artwork, reading the credits where it was recorded, all the the stuff in there that the, yeah. the extra stuff that you wouldn't get was on the CD. That's what people want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm I'm getting the bits of that. So I'm not sticking to one thing. I'm going. Hey, I've got to make my record sound this way or be this at length of time for it because there's a there's a bigger audience that wants to hear yeah, like, nice. hey, I just want I want to go back to just hearing that crackle when the needle hits the vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's impressive that you always just consider the music before anything, and you're not worried about the extracurricular. So that that definitely will help your music also just come out as pure, authentic yeah. Tony, you know. And so I think that's uh, something other artists that are listening should really hone in mm-hmm. on. Is yeah. Always just come 
come start with the art form, you know, and, and not really worry about the other stuff until after the song is done and see if you can, like you said, edit it down to appease the streaming exactly. and the radio and exactly. all the other good stuff. Staying true to you, yeah, that's really important. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know we're running out of time with you here because you have a, a staff. Right, I've, got, I've, got, today, I've, got, but... I've, got, I've got a bit of time. The time will take is good. Yeah, we have a little bit more to get through with you, at least. Uh, um, <laughs> one of the things that, that kind of stood out to me when we talked to you the first time uh, was just about your incredible preparation. Remember, you told a story about, um, I can't remember, Gloria Esteban, maybe? Gloria Esteban, okay, right, yeah. You went to a studio. Yeah. Yeah, you went to a studio and you were just thrown into this thing. You didn't expect that it's going to be this big artist, and all of a sudden, wait. What fascinated me about that story was how prepared you were for the opportunity. And a lot of times opportunities are missed because the work isn't done ahead of time. Um, I like to tell people right. to practice or whatever, prepare, learn, study, not for where you are now, not even for where the people directly around you are necessarily, but reach beyond that and think of your dreams. I like to go for it as if I'm going to be called by you know, the next greatest, one of my role models or something to perform in. That's kind of the approach that I see um, in your work and keep talking to you. Can you talk to us a little bit about the mindset that you have just to continually improve and be growing and learning? I think um, me, like in, in the early in the early days, as a singer, as an artist, and aspiring artist at that time, like we just wanted to to get better and better. And I think listening to and working with all the artists I had. I, I just watched their game plan and how they were doing it and the, you know, the stress levels that come with it. And I was taking little golden nuggets of things that they would say to me and just go like, wow, that's, that's deep. And they wouldn't even realise it's deep. But to me, it was like, okay, I'm watching how they're, they're doing this. I'm going to do it this way. Or, I, I, you know, it's a proven formula. I've watched these other people do it. So there was things yeah. like that. And I think the mental preparation was I always wanted to be ready because I, I think when you're doing backing vocals, especially, there is a bit of pressure because you've got, you've got to support the, the principal artist. And so for me, I was, it was right. always, I learned all the harmonies. And, and, and even if it was songs that we weren't doing, I learned all the other songs too, just in case they go, mm. oh, can we do that song? Right, right. And case, yeah, yeah, it was always, it was always <laughs> yeah. that. So for me now, I'm always, uh, you know, I'm, uh, my mind is always about, okay, I've got to make sure that I know what I'm doing here, who this thing is here, what's happening on this bit mm. here. Um, and my, my, my mind is, and that's helped me a great deal in terms of just being organized um, and just being ready at any moment. And also being ready, like, like the impromptu stuff, yeah. like people don't like yeah. take that into consideration right. that there's many times where there's a technical problem, where the bass amp is cut out and stuff is not working and, the, yeah. and I've got to keep going. And so it's like a case yeah, yeah, yeah. of like, oh, we're not ready to do a song because of the technical thing. And then I've got to just stop and talk to the audience and be able to do something and still yeah, be able yeah. to keep that kind of thing going. So yeah. a perfect example of that, right? I'll tell you a story. We, when we did the, the Sade tour, I can't remember what, what, where we were in the States. It wasn't Toronto. It wasn't, because we played in Toronto as well, but it wasn't, it wasn't Toronto. It might have been, it was on the East Coast. No, actually, no, it wasn't. It was in Miami. And basically what happened was, there was a, there was uh, a uh, yeah. um, technical problem that was going on with yeah. Uh, yeah. one of the sinking things. It was the early part of the tour. And I got in my ears them telling me, look, because there was a part where it was just me doing something with the crowd singing while Sade was getting yeah. dressed. And they were like, look, you're going to have to keep it going. You've got to get this technical thing ready mm. up yeah, to, yeah. to the next scene. 
and kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. And uh, people were like, what you can do? And I was all right. I'm like, I've been here before, you know. And I, I, mm. and, I, and, I yeah. and also singing in gospel groups and being in, in front of a black church. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you need to know I did prompt you, right? So yeah, yeah. for me, it was like, right, okay, yeah, improvise. improvise. <laughs> I needed to improvise. And it was like me then having that moment of like going, right, okay, dealing with something with the, with the band, letting it go, doing something with the crowd, getting them to sing along and so forth until I got that in my ears. Mm. Okay, we're good to go. And then we ended that bit yeah. and, and, and that's it. And that's, that's part, that's the biggest thing. It's like, just always expect the unknown and be ready. At any moment, something yeah. can happen. And you, you've still got to rock the show. You've still got to, you've got yeah. to do it, you know? Yeah, still got to do it. Absolutely. That's hilarious. You mentioned the black church because it was one of the few places where you could go and kill your performance yeah. and not realize that uh, 64 of the ladies at the first two rows can out-sing anybody in the room. Yeah, exactly. It's full of talent. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 So on that whole thing of just being ready and, you know, when things come up, out of the blue, especially in the live setting. Do you ever get nervous or stage fright, or is it the preparation that keeps you from it? How is I, it? I think I think years ago, I used to be a bit mm-hmm. a bit nervous. I, in fact, uh, I, I think when I went to America first time, and we were doing a show, mm-hmm. and it was a massive like stadium. It was huge, and yeah. the noise of yeah. the audience that came through my microphone into my in-ears. I was turning my pack down. I was like, what is going on? And that threw me out yeah. a little bit. It was a bit like overwhelming. of like, whoa, this is a lot. This is like, I've got to sing now. Mm. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is my mouth feeling dry? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was that kind of thing. Yeah. I've been yeah. there and, and you just kind of have to write it. But now, like, you know, that was years ago. But now my mind is like, yeah. these people have come to show. They've come to have a good time. They have no clue what what we're going to perform, so they're already in my hands. So yeah. I mean, or whatever band I'm with, it's the same place. Yeah. Like they're already incognito. Like, yo, they're they're there to see us, man. So we just go rock the house. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Um, is there any like tips though that you would have for someone that hasn't? gone in front of a big crowd just yet and they're working their way up to that because i know nerves especially when like you say when it's a larger crowd and you see them coming in and you can hear the anticipation uh is there any any tips you have for an up-and-coming artist to kind of cope with i I think one of the things is is that you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and 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 you're gonna Mm -hmm. have to embrace and suck it up there's no other way of saying you've got to suck up that fear Right. right, but then yeah. what I did was like, what hardly, helped me agree. was you know when you go into the from the stage right so or even in the arena and you know it's a, a basketball arena and um, mm. the, the lights go down you can see the exit signs right so from the stage yeah. <laughs> I can't see people's faces and those that I can see I don't look at them yeah, too much because right. I can go right that exit sign over the, to the left I'm going to look that way because it look it makes the audience feel that I'm looking at them there. And then I'll look at this yeah. one, and I find right, I found right. points within the venue that I'm going to look at. So whether it's that 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 lampshade, mm. uh, the, the people think that I'm mm. I'm singing to them, but I'm looking yeah, at the yeah. lampshade to get through what, if it's a song. Right. So that's kind of what I was doing, and that's what I've advised a lot of up and coming singers. Like when you get feeling of that everyone's watching you, but remember that most of them are there yeah. to like support you. They're there, but then even if you feel nervous, go and find your focus mm-hmm. point. You know. 
if it's if it's, it's it, yeah. that's the way yeah. to do yep. it, and then, and then that way you could sing, sing to that that dead object, sing to that 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 lampshade. Mm. It's fine because it's not yeah, going to yeah. respond. It's not going to give you a, you know a facial reaction or whatever. You know, it's not going to put you off. It's not going to take True. out a telephone <laughs> and start doing that while you're singing and put making you feel nervous. You know, you just you just yeah. find that yeah. object and go right. Yeah. And that's it. And when when you do what you're doing and the crowd love you, it's about them getting settled in and do it. And the more you yeah. do, the, the, the yeah. more the more you know experience you're gonna get. And I think also that's why like open mic nights and, and, and jam nights are good for people to just go out there and, and, and do their thing and embrace and embrace that audience because that's where it's where it's at, you know, and that's what it's about. That's what it's at, yeah. That's a, it really that's is where it's at. That's interesting. That's great, that's beautiful yeah. advice though. Thank you for that. It's a gem there for sure. That just helps somebody a lot. Um, I'm wondering too, because for myself personally, um, I feel like I would prefer a larger crowd over smaller. Smaller crowds, for some reason, make me nervous mm. if it's a handful of people. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but once you're in the yeah. hundreds, thousands, then it's all the same. Yeah. But this is, I'm just curious. Yeah. I haven't really asked anyone else this question. Do you ever find like a person or a group who you lock into? I mean, it's more so on the side of like positive energy. Has that ever happened to you? Like, do you have experiences like that? What that I've had that I've had positive energy. Like could you kind of maybe where you just locked in on an individual or group or a group that kind of just kind of like almost directs good energy towards you that you can't that you kind of just like tend towards. Yeah, I think show, yeah, yeah. I like like yeah. like like again, it's like so let's advance now from looking at the exit signs and the lampshades. Yes, then okay. the point where we get to the yeah, point yeah. where now you're now looking at the audience. And there's just people willing you. They're on your side. They're like, man, we just we right, love what you're doing. It. Come on, you got yes. it, you got it. And that's then I'm gonna go yeah, right yeah. now. You're yeah, my yeah. lampshade because I'm vibing okay, with yes, you. Right, right. Right. Feeling, and and maybe that person sitting yeah. at the front doesn't look so impressed, but you, you're giving it all to me. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going to you and smiling, and then I might keep win going. that person in the middle, and yeah. then I found someone else, and that's my point. Then you move on. Yeah, yeah you okay. move on, and <laughs> and that's kind of how I do it. Because there's a lot of people that that, that enjoy it. There's, yeah, you've got to yeah. understand there's many times, especially when you do those smaller venues where you can see the orders. I've seen yeah. people on their phones, and some of them are trying to like like mm. like yeah. do an Instagram post or, or or film it or whatever it may be. But there's a point where that's why I understand yeah. Yeah, why yeah. also why Dave Chappelle locks people's phones up because there's a part of it that's like you're missing a moment, mm. and also it, it can come yes, across and convey yes. a different message from the person that's on the stage, someone just like on their phone. So so. Yep. For me, when I see people True. like that, I kind of look beyond that. And sometimes, I, if I catch, if I see them, I'll smile at them and I'll point at their phone, kind of thing. But just smile, and then they'll go, oh, "Okay, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. back with you." And and sometimes they just look, they're waiting for you to kind of connect with them. You know, there are people True. that are out there that, that yeah. shy as well. So it's a case of like just smiling with that person. You get a smile back. That's another that's person to focus to. Just a reminder, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's yeah, very good. Yeah, you know, because like, uh, when you look at like, uh, me too. I, I, I remember looking great. at. I, I tell you what, I I watched like Lionel Richie um, when I was working when, mm. when I was working with Robert Palmer. Um, I don't know if you, you, you remember who, who that that guy was, but that was a British guy that did a "Might as Well Face It." You're addicted to love. Is that song? Mm. We know oh, Robert okay. Palmer oh, very well. Oh, okay. yes, yes. so, we share the same so, last okay. name. Yeah. 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 So, so, so Robert, again, you know, um, with, with with him, um, I learned like in terms of like um, I've just lost my train of thought. What I was saying 
What did I say just a minute ago? Robert Palmer. Uh, working yeah, not with that. Him. I was saying something else. You asked me a question, and it elevated to phase two, which was the audience and people. Oh, the phase two. Uh, yeah, just uh, connecting with people. Connecting with people. Um, with the audience. Oh, man. It just slipped my head. And I, I was about to get onto something big as well. And it's just slipped. <laughs> oh, shoot. I hope it comes back. It, it will, it, 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 yeah, it will come back. It will come back. But um, I think I was talking along the lines of like working with someone like him. And I think it was to do with the learning. Um, I think that's what we're talking about. But he was another person for me that um, I spent a lot of time studying. He, he's he been recording mm. for like since, well, he's record, his first record came out, I think, in 1973 or 74. And, um, yeah. and, yeah. and, and yeah. I, I learned from him in the sense of like, he always wanted to spend time listening to other singers and learning something. And mm. I, when he told me that, he said, listen, I've learned so much from you. And I was like, what are you talking about? You've been singing before yeah. I was born. And and he's like, yeah, but that's the beautiful yeah. thing about music. Yeah. There's always something to learn. You know, always something right. to learn. Yeah. And that's what Absolutely. I was talking about, his communication. So people like Robert Palmer and people like uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Lionel Richie and all those people, when you see them on stage, yeah. right, you feel yeah. like you know them. Mm-hmm. Because they give you that feeling yeah. of like, yeah. that you like you know them. You know them, like, like you know, it's my cousin or it's someone like that. They give you that feeling of, sense of like, I, I know you. you. We know each other. We're friends. Yeah, we're, like, and yeah. even if you've never seen them live before, it's like they give you that feeling of like, man, we're, 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 we're all good all buddies. I think that's, that's the key, really, is that, that coming yeah. out of that inclusion of everyone's here to have a good time. Mm. We're the master of ceremonies, and it's about how we kind of speak to the audience, what kind of things to say, and how we link it a segue into the next song, kind of set it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what elevates these artists from, you know, just a regular singer to, you know, someone that's captivating them and leaving a real mark, real mark. And that's a brilliant, brilliant way to say it. And it's something that we all can learn from in terms of just enhancing our performances is finding those ways to connect with the audience in between songs, knowing what to say, you know, even if it's just like a simple audience participation part where they're singing along, something simple, but... But I, I think a lot of artists should have that mindset of continually learning. Yeah. And I, I know that in my journey, I'm, I'm still soaking up so much. And the fact that Robert Palmer, who's so established, is still learning, says, you know, I'm not even scratched the surface of all yeah. that is to understand. About and, and when you, yeah. those things, when you <laughs> hear those things, people, it's very humbling. And it just teaches you about this. There's always, always something yes. to learn. Always something to learn, and and this and this music is so diverse, absolutely so wide, so deep that that yeah. we're just students. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's just some people are further ahead in the class, and 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 then others. And that's the beautiful thing about being able to then <laughs> teach someone else and go, hey, look, this is where I start. This is what I did, and and maybe the technology is different. Like when yeah. my parents, you know, tell me about stuff that they did, and I'm telling them, yeah, but mum, dad, the world is different now. This is the way it works now. Yeah. And then we'll talk right. to the younger generation about what we did. Well, yeah, but it's like, well, we don't deal with that kind of stuff. This is how it works now. Yeah. You know, we yeah, do yeah. it via yeah. our phones and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But there's always something. It's always evolving, yeah. always something to learn. Yeah? 
And not to mention someone as well as well traveled as you, you can go to a particular region and now learn about an, an instrument yeah, you've absolutely. probably never heard before, an artist that sings yeah. with a certain style yeah. that you've never, and you can kind of soak up all this culture and experience, and it comes through into your music. So I think that that's yeah. um, that's a beautiful thing, and that's another way that people can learn is getting outside of your your local area and performing in yeah. different countries. I mean, I'd love like Uzbekistan is now Some stuck in my head, yeah. but <laughs> I just the ability to go to any of these like different, really different cultures and immersing yourself there and taking a little piece of that and incorporating it into your art is is probably another phenomenal yeah. way to learn. So I'm sure you just got a wealth of knowledge, yeah. and I feel bad that we can only take 45 minutes out of your time i mean last time we spoke it was great oh, yeah. i hope it's not another couple of years before we speak yeah, to man. you again sir but i always have a great time talking to you i feel like like you said i feel like we get closer and closer to knowing you as a Thank person you, every time we get these conversations yeah, so yeah. i really appreciate you and i hope one day either we can make it out Bro, there or you can brother, make it out I here so to, we can chop it up Canada, I'll, like i'll let you know because if it's not with my stuff it's definitely going to be with Incognito or Sade. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. We'll be there. We'll, we'll be there. Backstage, whenever it happens. Inshallah, we'll be there. No, just anytime. If it comes up, and even if it's in my mind, just hit Mike up or get my details. Mike, bam, and, and it's done. We'll make it happen. Done. It's pointless talking about talking about the stuff that we're talking about. Like, for the last second time we're doing it, I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. being able to yeah. really kind of advance that in terms of we're all singers and 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 wanting to kind of like expand and grow that's the whole point yeah you know? and for me i've met loads yeah. of like singers Absolutely. and artists that i've met them come to my shows or come and hang out and i've introduced them to other celebrity artists or whatever because they all we're all we're all wanting to get there and those same artists also yeah, were in the true. same boat you know true. Yeah. they all started yeah. somewhere Absolutely. man so, so. so i on behalf of no, I appreciate it. Sorry, right. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just going to say on behalf of Anthony and myself, man, we really, really appreciate you taking yeah, the time so to talk with us. I know it's it's late over there, and, and every time we get beautiful nuggets from you. So if you could just, before you go, share with people not only the new EP that you got coming out or new music that you have out, but your social media as well so that oh, we can follow okay, along so, with um, story. You can always reach me at uh, TonyMomrell.com and then I'm also on all the other platforms such as TikTok, uh, Facebook, Insta. Yeah, I'm on everyone. Just, just Tony Monroe. You can reach. And by the way, anybody that reaches out to me, I, I always reach out personally back. So, um, yeah, that's where you can check my stuff out Beautiful. and check all wow. my music. It's all on the website. All the new up and coming tour dates, as well as the re new. Re that's the best way to catch me. Amazing, man. Beautiful. Thanks Thank so you, much. bruv. I really, really you, appreciate you, man. Thank, Thank you. you so Stay much. Blessed Thanks again for the interview. Thank, Thank you. Take Thank care. You. Now. Yeah, thank you, man. Of course. Thank you, As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. 
with unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.